Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on a Tuesday. I am John Ledyard from FanRagSports.com. Joining me is Trevor Sikama from PewterReport.com where he covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Trevor, I am so excited about today's podcast because it is that time of year again. We get to start talking about prospects uh, as it relates to the Senior Bowl and a lot of the top seniors in the country because 26 players have accepted their invite to the Reese's Senior Bowl. There will be 110 players when it's all said and done. So this is just the beginning. Um, But always really exciting time of year to start looking at these guys, looking to see who's accepted and start getting it. You kind of have your, uh, to me, I look at it as I have all these guys on a watch list and this narrows it down for me. This is where to start with this first group that announces that they're going to the Senior Bowl and they're going to be playing uh, that week in practice and in the game because I want to get a look at these guys before I end up down there in Mobile. No, and the Senior Bowl's, I mean, the Senior Bowl's great, man. Uh, Last year was my first year getting to go as a credentialed media member. And just the access that you get, you know, you have the media dinner with some of the players. You just get to do one-on-ones mm-hmm. with them, little interviews, find out more about them. Uh, you know, you get to see them at practice in an environment that's not the same environment that they've been around for the last, you know, three or four years, um, or sometimes five years for, for some of these guys. But it's just it's it's a really great weekend to see what these athletes and these football players are really about. Uh, it kind of gives gives you a chance to for them to get out of their element. Uh, for you to get a, a totally different look at them, and really, talent talent stands out in these kinds of things. You know, you can you can be great in a certain system in college, and that's that has its place too. You know, if if you're predominantly like let's say like you're, a, you're just more of an aggressive press man corner, and they have you more playing mm-hmm. like off coverage at the senior bowl or something, you just get to see different variations of talent levels. Um, or like different types of wide receivers, different types, of, like literally anything. Right. Um, so well, look at last year. Remember Ryan Anderson, the Alabama edge? He had to play off-ball linebacker all week just because yes. he played outside, you know, and he obviously wasn't. And so, I mean, there are some things like that. Yeah, but, but Hassan Reddick got the chance to show people that he could play off-ball, and he blew up as a result. So so it, it can work both ways a little bit, although I didn't think it was advantageous for, for Ryan Anderson at all. I mean, he ended up going – well, high second round anyway for for some reason. I, I mean, he hasn't really played to that this season. But, um, yeah, he clearly wasn't an off-ball guy. But, they, yeah, they used him that way all week. So, you're right. It can be an interesting week usage-wise for a lot of these players. So, um, got our first, what, how many, 26, I think? 26 guys? Expected? 26 guys. Yeah, I, and list, I guess this is alphabetical. But I'm I'm looking at the top of the list, and I'm seeing a name that you were kind of excited about coming into the season and UMass tight end Adam Brenneman, this was a guy that you had pretty high. I don't remember how high, but you had him pretty high up your list. I kind of sneakily think the tight end class could end up being all right from what I've seen so far. I don't think it's it's not last year, but I think it could be a pretty all right class, and Brenneman might be one of those guys. Yeah, I don't I don't think that it's going to be last year's class because at the top, last year's class was so elite, and so you know we can't really say that. But in terms of it being a deep class, you know, you being able to find tight ends, and we're seeing this in the NFL, kind of these plug-and-play tight ends, whether it's in line, in the slot, uh, using them as mismatch options around the field. I, I think this class has plenty of those guys. Brennan could very well be one of those guys. You know, 6'5", 255, kind of a smaller tight end in terms of like a frame, but like that's the style of tight end that he is. Mm-hmm. He is a more athletic tight end that you kind of – he's a guy who's almost like a – just like a big wide receiver almost. And so he is a guy who you can throw up at the goal line uh, in different situations and in different spots on the field, and he could be a mismatch depending on what the coverage looks are. And he moves really well for a guy who's 6'5". So I think he was my tight end 
four going into the year. I think so that's right. That, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that I get to see him here at the Senior Bowl. I'm glad that he accepted this invite. Um, and uh, a little later, we'll get into my tight end one, who was mm-hmm. also at the Senior yes. Bowl. Yes. So. I know you guys are a bunch of you guys out there are excited about uh, Dallas Goddard and what what he can do at the NFL level. Before we get to him, um, Tyrell Crosby, a tackle from Oregon, is kind of the maybe the biggest name right now on the list. I mean, obviously we're only twenty six in, but even he, he's had a lot of injuries in his career. I think I read. Uh, I haven't gotten. I haven't watched Oregon once this season, so I have not gotten to see him. But I've heard a lot of people comment that because the tackle class is so lean. And just not a great class. And anyway, McGlinchey's had a rough season, and Orlando Brown's been up and down, and um, Mitch Hyatt's been up and down, and, and I guess Mitch Hyatt as a junior could even go back to school potentially. Um, Crosby could be a guy that moves up up the board a little bit. I know pro, pro football focus is pretty high on him, but not only Crosby, but if you look at the offensive line names that have been that have accepted so far, you see a lot of people you don't necessarily recognize. And you see a lot of names that make you wonder, okay, so if these guys are all getting invites, and no offense to them, but it must mean that a lot of the bigger schools aren't producing guys that are probably worthy of, of the attention to play in this game. Austin Corbett from Nevada as uh, a center uh, that will be in Mobile. Uh, he he RSVP'd yes to his record. And then Brandon Parker, uh, offensive tackle from North Carolina A&T. Timon Paris, an offensive tackle from Stony Brook. Skylar Phillips, a guard from Idaho State. I've not seen any of those guys play. I know that's shocking to some people. <laughs> so going to have to dig deep into my tape resources to watch some of those guys. But there's always a couple small school offensive linemen. They do typically respond first. We'll definitely see bigger names out here, I'm sure, um, that Quentin Nelson hopefully accepts a request and, and will be one of them because it would be awesome to see him in person. But wow, still kind of yeah, looks – Yeah, got it. I would love that uh, to see him. But I guess he is technically a redshirt junior. Dane Burgler told me the other day. So he would have to have graduated too. So we'll see how that all pans out. But uh, offensive tackle class or offensive line class still waiting for that to get beefed up some. But always good to look at some of these small school guys too. I mean, I remember last year there were a couple guys down there. Uh, Jordan Morgan ended up making it to the Bears. A couple others as well that I'm trying to – Taylor Moten, even Western Michigan, you know, not necessarily a small school, but – he showed out and had a great week there and uh, really helped his stock as a result. So those guys have a big, big opportunity to prove that they can play against, especially this edge rushing group, group I think, that will be there. Uh, <clears throat> Marcus Davenport from uh, UTSA. I, we haven't talked about Davenport a whole lot, but he's one of those long, lanky types. Huge, um, man. Yeah, and, Huge. and he's athletic, and I think there's a lot of tools there. My biggest question marks with Marcus Davenport are going to be, can he drop the pad level coming around the corner? Because a lot of the time, those guys, you know, when they face bigger, stronger offensive linemen, they're not going to be able to use power moves with the same degree of success right away. So a 6'7", 255, can he drop that pad around the corner? Because I think he has some legit bend, and he's decently explosive kid. This is a huge opportunity for Marcus Davenport. Because remember, mm-hmm. remember Tano yeah. Passanio last year? Yeah, who went? Yeah. Who ended up going? I think it was was it late second round? I think it was like the last pick of the second round or something to the Chiefs. Um, he helped himself so much in Mobile because even though he was from Villanova and a smaller school and didn't play a great schedule or anything like that, when he faced competition, he was absolutely relentless in practices last year. And I think if Davenport shows that dog in the fight, and Derek Rivers was another one that helped himself from Youngstown State. I think if Rob if Davenport shows that kind of dog in the fight mentality and the teams know not only is this a toolsy guy 
He's an aggressor. He's a dog. He's going to keep coming after you. His motor runs hot at all times. And Passigno showed that he could work the hands as well a little bit, go inside out, line up inside and win as a rusher. And I think Davenport might might want to show that as well uh, during this week. So a huge opportunity for Davenport in a class that a lot of people have said doesn't have a ton of high-end talent. I think he has the opportunity to be maybe a little bit of a riser this year. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it, was, it was good to watch uh... – it was good to watch Tano, and I think Tano also, you know, like I said before, those interview parts, just getting to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody kind of right. There's a, there's a lot of mystery around some of these prospects, right? You know, like uh, like it was they were talking about like how much weight Tano would gain mm-hmm. and like uh, like how he did it and all this stuff. People were like trying to figure out all this stuff about him. Well, now he gets a senior bowl, you get him in front of you. You get to, sometimes you ask guys these questions, like like even like with rumors. Mm-hmm as the preface and they're like no that's not uh that's not a thing one of the funny interview uh parts that we did last year was kareem hunt loved the tampa bay buccaneers like really like and dang that hurts now (laughs) the jerseys were like the main reason he loved the bucks that's funny That's the kind of information that people are there for. (laughs) And and I don't even know. I don't even remember how we figured that out. We were just doing a daily interview with him, me and my boss. And he was just like, oh, I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I pick them every time in Madden. He's like, I love their jerseys. I'd love to be a Buccaneer. And we're like, oh, dang. Okay. That's awesome. There's a story right there. Uh, a lot of um, I'm I'm excited to see Davenport because I've seen him a little bit on tape, but I really need to dive in and, and take a strong look at him because I know you know our friend and colleague John Owning is a big fan of Davenport and what he can do, and so I uh, got to check him out. Uh, I cu- I guess a couple of the edge rushers in this class fit that kind of prototype is just a little bit raw. Um, Uchenna Nwosu from USC is a guy who could be an interesting prospect because. He's an outside linebacker, like a 3-4 outside linebacker type. Uh, I think he's only like 240 pounds, not the tallest guy. Um, but he's had a ton of pressure this year. I think Pro Football Focus has him as one of the, in terms of pressure created, uh, has him as one of their highest guys, but doesn't necessarily get a ton of sacks. Um, you know, six and a half, but I think he had three in like one of their last games against Arizona State on like three straight plays or something like that. Um, they just couldn't block him. Um, so I think that, Nwosu is going to be really interesting because he is like unbelievable at getting his hands in passing lanes. He has 13 pass breakups and almost all of them have occurred at the line of scrimmage as a pass rusher. Um, so he just kind of has that innate set. And again, it's not because he's super tall. I think he's like six one, but um, he's just kind of always working. Uh, his motor is unbelievable. I don't think he even started before the season. Um, the, the production certainly doesn't look like he started. I mean, he, he played a role last year for sure, uh, but he, He's just been a really, really good player for USC this season. I don't know how many polished moves he has, but he's a guy that I think's risen up a lot of boards this this season. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what Nwosu does because there's some people who think he could be a Son Reddick and play off the ball, and there's some people who think he's a three four outside linebacker that should be rushing the passer most of the time. I think he's. I don't know. I think we're going to get to see him in multiple roles though when we go to Mobile. And I think that's that's what coaches want to see too. Mm-hmm. I think a good amount of these guys who get invited are guys who have, I don't want to say question marks, but you know, like they're, they're versatile guys. They want to see them in different situations. You know, you're picking the best talent to come to the Senior Bowl, of course. But like right. in, in the same sense, like you, when you were saying with Ryan Anderson last year, you want to see guys in different situations. Um, 
if you're playing just the same role in the same system with the same coach for four years, well, you don't get that in the NFL. So let's see how you do without it before we have to draft you kind of a thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ever since we started this podcast, people always ask for advice, and they often ask about it on the betting front, which is why we do the Friday show. We tell you how to spend your cheese. You got Patriots or Steelers, Chicago, Detroit. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, just two business days. You know who's going to win, so lay down some cash and win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us and those of you that have sounded off on the podcast and let us know how much you've enjoyed MyBookie's product. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A couple good Thanksgiving games coming up. Maybe you guys want to get over to MyBookie and lay down some money and win big on those contests as well. Trev, a couple of the other guys that caught my eye. I know you, you're you chomping at the bit here to talk about Dallas Goddard, so let's jump to him before we jump sure. to one of my guys. Goddard, you're a big fan of him. He's put up insane production. I think this year he has 60 catches, 966 yards. I mean, he, the dude has just been absolutely unbelievable at South Dakota State. His highlight reel of catches is jaw-dropping, to be honest. Um, do you see the consistency? Do you see the traits that you want to be able to translate to the NFL where he'll obviously be going up against more athletic defenders? Yeah, certainly. Um, I think everything's there with Dallas Goddard. I, I really do. Um, and I, I've watched some interviews of him too because that's part of – that is part of scouting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that I'm not necessarily going to be able to get in front of these guys for an extended period of time. You know, think about it. Uh, when we talk about the NFL Combine, we all love the drills, the athletic drills, the mm-hmm. time stuff. You know, the forty, the bench, the the shuttle, all that. Like that's what fans of the Combine love. But if you talk to any like person in the NFL, and we did this last year when we were there, what's the reason why NFL teams care about the Combine? Medicals and interviews. Right. That's it. You know, they can. I mean, they can get the athletic testing numbers and stuff like that. They like that. That's there, but mm-hmm. that's the main thing. And so. I've watched a couple interviews of, of Goddard, and um, I just I, I like who he is as a kid. I like his mentality. Um, comes from that South Dakota area. That's where he's from, and so that's just kind of like the kind of kid that he is. And I just really hope that he gets a great tight end coach in the NFL because, man, if he can, I think he's as athletic as you, as you want a guy with his body frame to be um, without getting too unrealistic, you know. Mm-hmm, right. uh, I think that he can move – the way that he needs to, almost kind of like Travis Kelsey-esque at times. You know, I think that he has the highlight reel catches that you love to see as well as doing some of the dirty work. Uh, and so, like, I just, I, I'm just, i just really hoping that this guy – like, I think he has such a great talent, and I really hope that he goes to a team with a great tight ends coach and a great strength and conditioning program because if they put, you know, the correct weight, the correct strength, uh, they do everything they need to with this guy, we could be talking about a Pro Bowl tight end. He is he is that good. He is that he, – he has all those tools. 
watching them this year some i i tend to lean your direction i mean i don't know whether i'm gonna have him first round but to me everything that i've seen he and mark andrews look like the top tight ends and very different players andrew i think is a really polished guy who runs really clean routes goddard might be a little bit more a little bit less refined but he's unbelievable in the air and he just makes so many tough catches and looks like he can challenge defenses down the seam and um, I just like a lot of what he offers. So I think this tight end class could end up being okay. I mean, and even Gasecki, we made fun of Gasecki all, all offseason because he has that dad run and the dad bot and he can't block anyone. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, Gasecki catches absolutely everything around him. So at some point you have to, as a team, you're like, am I overanalyzing it? And if I throw the ball up to this dude, is he just going to find a way? Um, so he's going to be a really interesting evaluation. But I, I think this tight end class in general, I mean, and there's been some other names that have emerged as well. So it's going to be fun to watch this group. Um, Duke Dawson, Florida. He's accepted Your his boy. invitation. I'm I'm super excited. I know it's a Florida guy, but I've been hu- I've been huge whoa, fan whoa, of Dawson. Hold on. Well, hold I just on. mean because he's my guy and not you. I mean, he is your guy, but okay. you, you right. know what I mean? You, you were okay. not as high on him as I was going into the year. I was like, he was in my top. 35 i think going into the year yeah he was he was i've barely seen him this year um i know that you said there's he's been pretty good pretty solid yeah he's been um, pretty solid yeah got three picks this year he's played some safety some corners some nickel uh he's that versatile guy remember cameron sutton last year from tennessee steelers oh, ended yeah. up drafting him mm-hmm. when he was at the senior bowl he played safety nickel and outside corner all three when he was there and he was a really smart player and a really good communicator and teams found those things out i think and saw them firsthand with sutton he would bounce to a number of different spots and roles handle them really flawlessly i don't know if dawson projects as a safety at all to me but i bet we see him at outside and nickel corner a good bit and when you're in the nickel as a i'm basically a primary run defender you know in a lot of ways You've got to be able to communicate at a really high level as well uh, in there, and um, I think he's get the teams are going to get to find that out about Duke Dawson uh, during that week in Mobile. I think he's I think he's strictly a nickel corner, but that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right, you need those you need those in the in the NFL. Like that is that is a very needed thing. Um, just to name a, a couple of wide receivers here: Anthony Miller from Memphis mm-hmm. and Jaleel Scott from New Mexico State. Those are two guys that uh, a lot of people I know on twitter.com are very high on in in completely different ways anthony miller is 511 he's that like fast slot type guy Mm -hmm. who um shifty like people say he's just like a a complete mismatch with his uh with his quickness and and how well he he just knows how to get open you know he's just one of those guys around his routes i know a lot of people like him there and then julio scott is the exact opposite he is six foot six uh, 215, 220 pounds, something like that. You just chuck it to that guy in the end zone, right? And he's going to come down with it. So, Scott's in that like Auden Tate type, you know, yes. arena, right? Yes. I mean, like from what I've seen of him, he's that guy you go up and get it type of player. Um, you know, against against Power Five schools, I think this year he had 17 catches, 323 yards. So he's shown out kind of all season long. There's like a lot of tools there, I think. I know, I know. A lot of people also like the wide receiver out of Colorado State, Michael Gallup, who's there. Yeah, Brandon Thorne, then, our friend. He's a bit, he's a big Michael Gallup fan. He scouted him live a couple times. Really likes yeah, him. I haven't so, seen Gallup yet. I'm very excited to see him there. And then the the last uh, wide receiver there, Alan Lazard. This is a guy mm-hmm. who like coming into the year, 
you know, just look at the measurables, 6'5", 225. Like, this is the guy who you look like and go, that's the size of a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. You kind of watch tape and you're like, ah, oh, you know, he's pretty good at times, but he's definitely not that dominant. I want to see what Alan Lazard is like in person for three straight days of practice with NFL coaching. That's what I want to see, man, yeah. because the, the, phys- the physical tools, all there for him. Um, but, it, you know, the physical tools can only go as far as the athletic ability can take it. So we will really get to see and we will really get to put – Lazard under a microscope because I mean let's face it you know Iowa State doesn't play a ton of big games you know we have to you know our, we don't have there's not there's only 24 hours in a day mm-hmm. so we can't necessarily scout you know I'm covering the Bucks you're covering the Steelers we try to cover as much drafts as we can but Iowa State games you know especially when Lazard's really the only guy on there don't really come high on the priority list and so right. I'm excited that he is there that I'm really going to get to see him um, and see what he's got. And Iowa State's kind of bald at some points this season, so I actually got to see Lazard a couple times, and I don't think he's just not that fast. You know, I I just don't think he's going to be a speed guy at all. Like, so somebody said Vincent Jackson as a high end comp to me, which I kind of could get on board with. I almost think maybe Vincent Jackson's good though, man. Yeah, but Vince, yeah, exactly. Vincent Jackson ended up being. They they talk about they talking about Buccaneers. Vincent Jackson that got caught from behind on a wide open sixty yard bomb. Don't believe that. (laughs) That's probably what they were talking about. Okay, late career Vincent Jackson. Yeah, Chargers Vincent Jackson. I was actually thinking more. um, Remember Malcolm Floyd? Uh, I always want to say Michael Floyd, but. I remember Malcolm Floyd, uh, who was Jackson's teammate in uh, with the Chargers for a while. He just like never really separated from people, but he caught crazy amount of balls in the air. Um, and to me, Lazard has some of the best concentration contested catchability in the class, but I just feel like he's get, he's not a great athlete. He is a big dude. He has the frame for that part of his game to translate. I just wonder if he'll always be a little bit of a up-and-down guy. I mean, I think there's something to be said for drafting these types of players for what they can do in the red zone. I think a lot of the time these bigger, slower types get overrated a little bit, and we've seen some of them struggle to really, you know, Laquan Treadwell can't separate, and we've seen some of those guys struggle to produce because they don't have those explosive traits or that really refined route running. So Lazard's will be a guy that I'm watching closer, um, but I think if he's picked in the right range, he can have an impact and, and, and be a, you know, a good player in a certain role. Um, I'm not convinced he's like this, you know, top 50 guy yet, but uh, this will be a big platform for him. 704 yards, nine touchdowns this year. He's made some unbelievable catches in the end zone this season. Um, so he he's he is the guy I'm really excited to see. How about Royce Freeman? That's arguably the biggest name on this list, yeah. although no one talks about him this season. Um, Oregon's all-time leading rusher. He's leading the Pac-12 right now, I believe, with a third. No, not leading. Second, I think, in the Pac-12 behind Bryce, of course. Uh, thirteen uh, over thirteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns this season. He is piled up production at Oregon. When I look for traits, though, sometimes I feel like Royce Freeman leaves a little something to be desired. But what's your thoughts on Royce Freeman at this point in the process? Kind of the same thing. I mean, we've been talking about Royce Freeman since he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here he is getting invited to the Senior Bowl. It's a long time later. He's he's put up a lot of the numbers that you would want, but. Sometimes Oregon's been relevant during that time, and you've got to see a lot of them, and sometimes he isn't. I was a lot higher going into the year on Royce Freeman than I am right now because uh, I kind of thought that he was one thing, and then somebody pointed out a couple of different things. Like you said, these lack of traits, uh, lack of explosiveness that I thought I would see with Royce Freeman, and now I kind of think of him differently. Mm -hmm. So um, it's tricky for me because I thought he was was more of a shifty, one-cut kind of, 
speedier back, I guess, um, like more of a scat back. And he's just like he doesn't really have those kinds of traits. He's he's a production guy in the Pac-12 when you get t- plenty of space and he can break tackles. But in terms of like getaway explosiveness, like lateral quickness, I thought I would see a lot more of that from Freeman, and I don't. So right, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that he is. A, a good college back are the traits there to be able to really succeed in the NFL. Just not sure I see that burst or you know decisiveness as a runner, and he's not really a power guy either. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's put up great numbers, but this is a huge opportunity for him. Loaded running back class. It's no wonder that he was the biggest name he had to accept because he knows he's got to prove something at, at this uh, in this situation because mm-hmm. right now there's just too many backs ahead of him on the board. Um, and when yeah. you're running back, not necessarily the most high-value position anyway, so you – you could slide down the board a little bit. Real quickly before we wrap up, Danny Johnson, a cornerback from Southern. Michael Joseph, a cornerback from, I don't even know what this school is. Division three. First team is all Iowa Conference is one of the best players in Division three. Division three kid, Dubuique? I don't I don't know what that school is. Um, no clue. Um, Brandon, uh, who, who else? Uh, Saran Neal from Jacksonville State. And Chandon Sullivan from Georgia State. Never even heard of or seen any of those guys. So it'll be good to watch them. And then, of course, Johnny Townsend, Florida punter. I'm excited. He's, man. he's a good one in college. So, uh, he is. He's a really good punter. He'll be one of the better ones the Senior Bowl's had in a while, probably. So yep. there you go. Your Senior Bowl primer for the first 26 uh, accepted invites. There's a couple names we didn't get to, but for the most part, uh, got to everybody on that list, that, at least that we'd seen. And a lot of small school guys that we still got to check out, which is always a really fun part of the process. See which one of those guys is going to kind of emerge and be the outliers in that group, the heads to Mobile. So we'll have more of that, of course, as more invites are accepted. We'll be back tomorrow as well to give you more great quality content on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. And then we're off Tuesday or Thursday, Friday. Uh, we are taking the weekend, enjoying it with our families, uh, taking some time away. And we'll be back Monday and we'll have more great content for you. So don't leave us just yet. Stick around for tomorrow's podcast. As always, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.